0: Hello. Good day to you. Hi, Dan. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am pretty, pretty good. Yeah, you sound good today. Thank you. I feel good. Yeah. We're not around. They said this kid is insane, man. Took up a collection just to send him to the mainland. <laughs> and the world's going to know your name. What's your name, Dan? How are you? That's not really your part there. No, I, didn't, I don't know it. Yeah. Um, pretty good. It's Tuesday. It's 1102. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all the stars are aligned. Everything's coming up in Milhouse. When is the next
1: alignment where all the planets line up? <clears> that <throat> was in our lifetime. I don't know if we'll get that again.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Does that cause something to happen? Do you get discounts or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Conver- is that
1: called a convergence or something?
0: Uh, I don't know there was that thing in 1989 or so the harmonic converse, harmonic convergence that's what I'm thinking about that got that got pretty tied up in uh, cultural baggage though you know yeah it's gonna be a bit like a big hippie event yeah I think I don't know I don't know much about it. I do not follow the celestial bodies uh, as well as I probably should I should like when people say things like you know I'm the astrology astronomy I don't, I don't know any of it I'm super confused like whether people are talking about red dwarfs or like who's a Leo like I'm always confused Red. Oh, you're you're such a Leo. It's like well, I don't know what that. Are what you a Leo? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm a Sagittarius. I think that means I'm supposed to like sexual intercourse. Is that what that means? Anybody born over those thirty <laughs> days, they're they're supposedly super into sex. Okay.
1: And yeah. that's
0: not you. Not really. Okay. But there's a lot of stuff I'd rather do. <laughs> there's a million things I haven't this done. There's good comics just to read. Just you wait. Um, <laughs> Good comics to read. Yeah, yeah, I've been, um, yeah, what have I been reading lately? Not much. I've been reading old stuff. Lots of old stuff. What about you? And, you know, if somebody actually asked about this uh, in a in a note via email, somebody was asking us, when are we going to get back to what this show is really all about? Which is <laughs> comics,
1: oh. yeah. So yeah. this is actually going to be our special uh, comic episode for 2016.
0: Oh, the best of uh, Merlin's <laughs> best of 2016 for yeah. comics? Well, I just, I... Uh, all the I, all the comics that I'm reading from 1976. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- are you reading anything uh, currently that you really like? Well, anything, anything current, recent? I am going to be giving
1: this crazy thing that uh, the DC is doing this rebirth. I'm going to be giving that a try. <laughs> Did you get the first one yet? I have it. I haven't cr- I haven't cracked it open yet. But it's oh, radi- you haven't online.
0: gotten to the end yet. No.
1: Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> is it what I think? I heard. Have you rumors. heard what happens. Yeah, should we talk about it?
0: No, okay. No, okay. Oh my goodness, no. <sighs> well,
1: I will. I will have it read as my homework by the end of
0: the day today. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm trying not to overreact to things. You know, as part yeah. of my growth. Uh, you know, <laughs> trying to become a better person. Try not to overreact to things. Yeah, everything changes. You know, Hakuna Matata. So who knows? Who knows? It's 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 an. You know, let's let's come back to it after people have had time to be disappointed by it. Well, um. No, I'm just kidding. It's very long. Yeah. Yeah, I bought it on the Comixology just to see. Yeah, uh, that's the best way to get things now. Yeah, um, Marvel Unlimited is still pretty great for reading lots of old Marvel stuff. But uh, yeah, I like Comixology. Are, are you doing their service? No,
1: no. I know some people that have done that, though. Are you trying it out? They came mm-hmm. out with something. What's the name? Is it is it Comicsology Unlimited, the, the name of it?
0: Something like that. and But it doesn't cover that much stuff that I see wanting to read. Right. It's, it's not really unlimited. <laughs> well, it's not. The thing is, I don't think Marvel's in there, which is mainly stuff I would read a lot. You know, Image. Uh, image, I love Image. I love the company. I love the people. But it's some of their stuff is largely aspirational for me. There's so much good Image stuff. I'm trying to see. What, Comixology Unlimited. Try it free. Yeah,
1: it's. Uh, I have it in the show notes. Comixology.com slash unlimited apparently it's a subscription service six bucks a month but like you said there's a lot that's not there
0: that's a a really good deal i mean you can go i'm just judging from what they show in the screenshot here there's a lot of is it mm, definitely a lot of image yeah a lot of image some idg-ish things maybe there's some brand like see buffy star trek you got saga you got your walking dead you got your hellboy Mm mm-hmm that's, that's for, I mean, that's the cost of, uh, like, you know, less than the cost of two floppy comics.
1: Well, here's the thing that I've been doing recently in, in this step that I've taken toward being as digital as possible when it comes to stuff like this <laughs> is that ben Benjamin
0: welcome to becoming digital, becoming digital. Yeah. Uh, My my problem with digital, it's an an all or nothing proposition. Well, what I've actually, I've tried to
1: do the all, the actually all and nothing proposition, Mm -hmm. which is Mm. all, I had many of these comic books that we talked about. So you'll you'll remember when Superior Spider-Man came around that I said, I'm taking all of my amazing Spider-Man up till now and I'm putting them them into the boxes in the garage. I'm going to put them down by the curb. Mm -hmm. Well, I stopped short of putting them down by the curb. I didn't do that. I held on to them and I. I kept them uh, until very recently over the last week or so. I have taken in three different trips, took all my, all my boxes to the local comic shop and you know, they don't pay a lot, Mm-mm. but uh, I figured if there was a chance that someone might want to enjoy them or read them or fill in their collection or whatever, that I would do that. So I would bring them in and they'd give me a little bit of money for them. And some of the books that I had actually were worth worth, Something. None. Of, you know, I'm not going to get rich from
0: from you know, some, amazing some Spider-Man are,
1: number 289. But were
0: they worth more than face value in some cases? There were
1: several, a small handful that were, and oh. uh, and and that's a rare that's a rare thing these days. But especially
0: because comic shops usually have a little corner in the back where you'll find stuff that's like less than a year old for a buck.
1: Right. Yeah, we have a whole store that they call the Sidekick Store here, which is full of just you know I guess whatever they didn't sell they might keep one or two copies of it and, and board it and bag it and put it into their sort of archive where you can go and buy them nicely bagged up but then they have this huge store that's just all the stuff that they couldn't sell or didn't sell at regular price that they've like you're saying like marked down to a dollar right and uh, but I took all this stuff there and and, and traded it out and, or you know got either cash or store credit for other things and it's, it's been a really interesting experience. I did save a few things, like things that, that meant something to me, and that's kind of how I went through this process of going through these boxes and saying, you know, yes, I read this, and yes, maybe I enjoyed it, but does it really, does it mean something? Like, does it have a significance to me? And so I found very, very, very few of them had... Any kind of significance to me at all? There were some where I'd look at the cover and I'd say, "Oh man, you know this J. Scott Campbell covers like amazing." I got to keep that. But most of it I found were the the comics that I really did sort of treasure in any way were the ones that kind of marked my entrance into comics in the first place. Like I kept all the Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, which I have in, in fairly good condition. And uh, you I mean, mean like from nineteen eighty four? Like you have those? Oh yeah, I got all those. Wow. Yeah and i especially number 8 which I is nothing the, falling apart by now no no i they're all bagged and boarded mylar and mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. very well cared for and it's you know it's kind of fun to look at those and 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 look back at them and you know like i have web spider man number 1 which was such a great cover it's it's this wonderful uh if you if you've ever seen it i'm looking uh, right now he's um he's sort of like it he's in the black suit and he's up on the corner of a building, you're looking up at him, and there's these two like gargoyles. A, he's like a, in between the gargoyles. Yeah. And uh it's just such a such a great cover. It was a great time for comics. So like I kept that one. You know. Mm-hmm. And and there there were some other ones that I just thought were cool and fun and, and kept those. And of course I have a couple C a few CGC books. Like I've got my Wolverine Limited series number one, but I've also got
0: a couple that the are Frank seen, Miller? Frank Miller one? Um the one with the always on the cover, the famous cover with the uh, with the claws? Yeah, uh, he's looking right here. Wolverine,
1: number one. Where he's like staring out with his claws up. Frank Miller, Joe Rubinstein.
0: I had that airbrushed on a shirt when I was a teenager. So cool. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I mean I, wish I hadn't
0: gotten rid of that. I wish I'd kept oh my that. god. But I've got that and
1: I've got the, I've also got these CGC'd ones. You know about the CGC books, right?
0: You get them graded and then they uh put them in a block.
1: Yeah and I When I first started collecting and stuff, I, I, I never really liked the idea because I always felt that, like, you know, sealing them up like that, it, it kind of makes them more of, like, a museum piece in a way. But the idea that, like, it's there and it's preserved is kind of neat. So I did wind up getting, over the years, a handful of these CGC uh, CGC books. And now I kind of want to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, you know, like... The one in particular that I want to sell, which is super super rare, like I have to now. I have to like go to eBay again. Like eBay, I found out still exists. Hmm. Like people still use eBay and they sell comics on eBay. And now I'm going to have to like put this comic up there on on eBay. It's Albedo. Well, you don't have to do that. I That's Where crazy. Am I going to take it. Who's who's going to? Well, you think our listeners are going to want to buy it?
0: I don't know. But the but but so the CGC grading is that something that is i mean obviously it's it's one of those things that it sounds like it's like pretty widely understood and respected Yeah. has it changed much to, over the years no it's it's still how hard they how hard they grade or how easy
1: no i i think if if anything maybe it's gotten a little bit harder but i mean it's it's very much accepted in the industry that if you have a grading and it's a CGC grading then it's like it's the real deal and it has, you know, it has a great deal of value to people, especially if like one of them that I have is I've got amazing Spider-Man number 300 uh, and it's in a 9.6. That's That's pretty high, right? McFarlane's art. It's the first appearance of Venom. uh, The last uh, issue where Spidey has the black costume. The thing is in it. McFarlane does a cover. Uh, column by Stan Lee in it. Like it, it's it's such such a cool it's such a cool book. Mm-hmm. But like you can find these any you can buy these anywhere. There's nothing special about a CGC copy of it. There's you know it it is what it is. It's like a commodity. You know there it's not rare. It's not special. It's nothing like that. But I've got a few that are special. And so I'm trying to decide, like, do I save this thing? Do I keep saving it forever because it's so rare? Do I, I don't know. And like whenever I talk to to uh to John about things like this, he's always he's super like he saved everything, right? Like he saved every single
0: He's probably not a good yardstick
1: for this <laughs> particular. <decision. laughs> right. Right. So I don't like I don't know what to do.
0: Well, I mean, it's not that complicated. I mean if you don't want it and you'd like to get the money, you just sell it. I mean, you know, if it's I don't know much about eBay. I don't the only times I've used eBay have been to buy things and pretty much every time I bought something, it's just been the like go buy this. Like I don't want to play the little game. Just sell this. If you want to sell it, sell it and I'll buy it. Like that, buy instantly or whatever. Um, but you know, I mean, if you're looking to get the most value you can out of it, I guess eBay is a good way to go. Um, but you could also just put them up on Squarespace and say, "Hey, look, this is a hundred bucks or yeah, whatever." Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that kind of thing costs.
1: Well, some of these are are worth a crazy amount,
0: like four figures.
1: Uh this one here, yeah, yeah, hmm. it's Albedo number two, first appearance of Usagi Yojimbo, from nineteen eighty four. Only two thousand were ever printed. It's in a nine point six, which is the highest graded that anyone ever seems to have seen ever. There's probably like three or four in the world like this. Mm-hmm. So it's worth a lot of money. Um, I didn't pay quite that much for it, but I got it a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I mean. And I'm like, uh, what know, am I, you know, like, give it to but, someone
1: who's going to love it.
0: Uh, yeah, like, I suppose. I mean, it's not taking up that much space and you enjoy having it around. It's <laughs> right, not, right, it's, it's not so that complicated. <laughs> I got to lug it everywhere. It's not like your third boat or something. <laughs> right. This thing, I'm never going to ride this around. I should do something with this. I don't know. The other part that's, you know, widely discussed and documented um, is just the distinction between, I mean, you know, even just something as simple as like, do you like looking at comic books where you could look at it anywhere and you're mainly reading it for the art and the writing and you don't really care what you read it on you're reading for the story and the art you know then you could say like well you know i feel that way but i really like reading individual issues or i money aside prefer to read it in a trade those are all things yeah. but like when you get into the cgc stuff you're talking about a kind of different thing because in all likelihood, the person who's going to buy that from you is somebody who sells comics for a living. The person who buys that is not going to be a, a 12-year-old boy spending his birthday money. No, It's going to be, you know, it's the same way that uh, it's like people who go to estate sales to get stuff to resell. So, I mean, it's it's entirely possible you could, you know, make somebody's dream by selling that. But if somebody really wants that, they could always go and get it. I don't know. I don't know. And so like, I don't know the whole like mitten box thing is it's a different kind of culture that I have to admit. I don't completely understand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's several kinds of understanding title. I mean, there's the kind of understanding, which is I get that you collect these with the purpose of looking at them and accruing value over time to potentially sell them. But like, I couldn't keep my Jean Grey's in a box. Yeah. You know, You just, you want to take her out, take her out, play with her a little yeah, bit, read, read, read her. Delegate lines. Let her let her let her open my mind. Tell me about uh, Alkali Lake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You know, but like you you go to these events like the the Comic Cons, the fan expos, things like that, and you get to meet these artists. Like you get to meet like Umberto Ramos, who's like one of my all time favorites, if if not my all time favorite. And he's just like he's just a dude sitting there, and I always I love that. You know, like. These people that we kind of, or I anyway, kind of build up as legends, and they are legends, at the same time, they're like, they're just a person, and you could just go and talk to them and talk to them about what they do, and, you know, they're like, somebody had an idea to draw Spidey a certain way, and then it, it becomes like the definitive, like the way McFarlane drew spidey was he was the first one that drew him doing these kinds of movements and in these. didn't he invent the
0: swirly he invented the
1: swirly webs the little swirly webs and he made it he just he, he he said you know what if if spider-man's spider-man and he's like super limber and strong and can do all these different moves and stuff like why would he assume the same kind of postures and positions when he's swinging on a web then you and I might imagine we would if we were swinging on a rope like that's that's not how he would be yeah he
0: shouldn't he shouldn't look like a guy on a reality tv show (laughs) Ah! yeah um yeah yeah um yeah, but you know what? It's funny. You just you get into such complicated issues. And we, of course, we see this playing out today with things like Ghostbusters or mm. various aspects of Gamergate. And, you know, everybody's got their own idea about what their special thing is, what makes it special, how it is their thing. Uh, you know, there's that whole kind of. The silly meme about ruining my childhood and all that stuff. I'm not sure how you retroactively ruin somebody's childhood without a priest in a time machine. But like, that's what people <laughs> seem to say. Right. I can take care of this one. Um, that's not funny. <laughs> cut that out. All right. Uh, no, don't cut that out. Okay. I would never, no, you gotta let it breathe. Um, you it. Um, don't really swirl it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And it's, um, Yeah. 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 I, 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 uh, I guess I, I, I'm with you with this whole, like, you know, like for a long for me, it was always like thinking about not always, but in recent years, I've thought about that Peter Walsh book. It's all too much. The current, you know, meme-ish thing in the last couple of years is Marie Kondo and her uh, manic tidying up book. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get that desire and I, I often feel that desire to like reclaim this space and with this space meaning, it can mean my closet, it could mean the shelves, but uh, without rehashing too much, I mean, I, you're also reclaiming a certain amount of your own psyche, for lack of a better word, where, you know, if you, I mean, the stuff that you keep on a shelf that you just kind of don't want to deal with. In my yeah. case, I have a shelf in my closet that's just like clothes that I that are close enough to fitting and just expensive enough that I feel bad throwing them out, like a pair of Levi, Levi's I've worn 10 times, but I don't really like. But I don't want to throw them out. That seems wasteful, you know? But then at the same time, so, I mean, if you can feel that kind of conflict that causes you to have a, a pair of pants take up space on a shelf for two years without you, you know, really thinking about it, just imagine what happens when you think about, oh my gosh, my, my Arby's Cool Cat glass. I can't throw that out. That's my childhood it's like no it's not your childhood that's a piece of glass like <laughs> but you know you feel this is a big point i think peter walsh makes effectively in his book or his ghostwriter makes very effectively in saying that you know there's a difference that you're not being disloyal to who you are or who you were to get rid of this stuff and um you know at the same time as you and i have talked about like your your kids aren't going to want this no they're going to want cyber comics yeah
1: they're really not going to want this
0: that's that was the
1: big final realization for me that although my son would absolutely love every single one of the toys that I got rid of before I went to college, you know, in the in the very Andy sort of way, um, like literally he would bludgeon someone to death in order to get those toys back. But he's not going to want these comics. He's not going to want Amazing Spider-Man from 15 years ago. He's just not because, it, you know, I think so many of those stories are still quite good. And I think many of them are probably still relevant, but I'm not sure if they're good or feel relevant because they were interesting to me at the time or because they speak to me at that age or remind me of something or or whatever. But I know that there's a lot of stuff that's out there right now that's even more relevant and that will be the stuff that's coming out now will be old by the time that my kids are teenagers and might be really into comics, you know. Mm-hmm. so. I just like I don't know if there is that especially in the comic sense like I don't know if they they have quite that staying power like I read uh Dark Knight Frank Miller Dark Knight I read that again recently and although I still enjoy it I feel
0: like it there's this huge disconnect between But you can read but you can read I mean I have that in trade I have all those in trade yeah, me too. and and they're fine and like I I the first time I read Dark Knight I was um we were camping so it's covered with like bourbon and ashes (laughs) like so many things in my life yeah no but i mean like i I don't care it's a trade like worst thing that happens it goes up in flames i either won't have it or i'll get another one The, the thing that i not to put too fine a point on it but you know when we sit and we deliberate about these things or we fret about these things i think it helps to unpack a little bit of like where it's coming from yeah so when you think about for example like in my case The first comic I ever remember loving and still having was this terrible comic from about 1976. And it was back when they did the Marvel two in ones. Yeah. Marvel. No. What do they call it? Marvel team ups. And it was always the thing plus a Marvel, another Marvel biggie, mostly just fighting. But there was one from, no, I'll say it was 78 because it was, it involved the thing being envious of the Hulk having his own TV show. And they find it's, it's really stupid. And in fact, you know, I gave it to my daughter. It was already nearly shredded. Now it's totally shredded. I still find parts of this comic all over the house. And, you know, honestly, I don't feel, I don't feel that much loss about that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like keeping a paper towel from a meal you liked. It's, it's kind of strange. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is we, we feel like you think about traditionally the things that one passes down. So you pass down something like what? Like a pocket watch you know, that your dad, your dad gave this guy in Vietnam to hold for you. you. You've got, you think about something like a pack pocket watch or a family Bible or those kinds of things. I mean, if we're, we're, if you're talking about things that have been in the family for generations, well, I mean, honestly, how often do you go and read that family Bible? Well, it's not really a family Bible anymore. It's, it's like, uh, it's become something different now. We've imbued it with all this power. And I don't want to say anything against that. Like if you want to keep passing the Bible, that's really great. Here's the problem for us is that, you know, we are very different from our parents, our grandparents. We'd like to think that we're different from people in our family. And we've developed our own tastes about things, alongside which, you know, we'll often have those thoughts. Like, I'm like, I, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I really still wish I had my original D&D books. I still really wish I had, you know, just these certain kind of toys that got lost in the shuffle. Who knows where they went? So you... So you feel that weird sense of uh, it comes from, I think it comes from a place that's like a little bit about a sense of loss for yourself. Like you wish there were these things that you could find. I mean, do you find yourself craving more and more stuff from your elder relatives? Like, no, I don't think most normal people, especially today are going like, oh gosh, you know, you spend years wishing you had grandma's rocking chair. Maybe, right, right. maybe. But my con- my concern for myself is when I think about like, oh, I have to save every scrap of paper related to my kid or I have to save every, every stuffed animal, every, everything that's now speaking again of toy story though, that's really about my own insecurities and weirdness. And so what I'm trying to get at is sometimes what we think we're passing along to our kids is a legacy and memories and continuity. Mm -hmm. But what we might be passing to our kids is an awkward, uh, sense of loss that we want them to feel the same way that we do. Mm. So like it, this, you know what I mean? Like yes. it's, cause you know, you can't know what your kids are going to want and like, who cares? Like <laughs> life goes on. Yeah. But, but the, the, the net, be careful, he said to himself, that part of that, the net result of that is like, what am I really trying to pass on? Well, what I'm passing on is like, okay, like this is my Chewbacca. This is the Chewbacca that I got in the summer of 1977. It's very, very precious and you must pass it on. You know, like a prophecy from a freaking scroll. Right. And it's like, well, it's a toy. Like the kid will like or not like. She probably, you know, she, she plays with those. Like, whatever. But um, I think you have to be careful about what you mean to do with a kid in particular and then what you're actually doing. And if what you're con- consistently doing is being fretful about things, that's what you're going to pass on. You're going to pass on that dad is fretful about stuff, so be careful. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they need or want all that stuff. But that said, it is fun sometimes. Like I will do things like if we've had a really fun day, I'll throw a bunch of stuff from our adventure into a ziploc bag and keep it. And then like we'll look at that later. Like oh, here's the baseball we found by the school, and here's the time that we hid notes for each other at this place. That can be kind of fun. But you know, if that all went away, we'd we'd still be okay. What matters is like what what that person becomes. It doesn't matter what kind of stuff, what kind of talis talis persons, (laughs) what kind of talismans you foist on them to try and make them weird like you. You know? Well. You know, like, in
1: in my son's lifetime, he's eight and a half, I have definitely been in that stage of my life where I was trying not to accumulate things and didn't place a tremendous sentimental value on anything. Is certainly not that he's ever witnessed and not really independent of him, but he... Really does like he is very much in in the John Roderick category of like he wants to save everything and everything has a little bit of meaning and and everything, you know, he remembers the details of everything and, and stuff, even stuff that just completely, completely shocks me like. Oh, you know, dad, we got that on such and such a day. And then when we were driving, the windows were down and you played this Daft Punk song. And like, you know, like the weather, he'll remember all of these details about the, you know, the day that he had found some, you know, rock or bottle cap or whatever. And I'm amazed by it. And I think it's great. And like, it makes him really happy to keep things and collect things. And they, you know, and they are sort of related to his memories you know in 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 this very tight way that i just at some point i started ma- i stopped rather i stopped making those kinds of connections and uh and and so and we've talked about this a bit i really don't have like that's really a a sentimental attachment to really any object at all and, and I, I feel bad. like I feel like I should sometimes. Like if, if I had something like, oh, right. Like, you know, that was my, well, why does that bother you? I mean it sounds like it, 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 it was, I don't know why it bothers me but it well, it, it would beca- seem
0: it would seem strange if if you said <laughs> I uh, I have this thing that empirically anybody could look at as this healthy thing which is that I don't have an attachment to objects you've been sitting on a cushion for years trying to get to that place now you have it and it sounds like you feel bad that you don't feel bad about it
1: Yeah no I do because like anytime I'm not and I'm not putting you in this category but anytime I talk to someone about it they they always like they they react as if I said, you know, well, like, what'd you do today? Well, I was just clubbing some baby harp seals. What were you up to? You know, mm-hmm. it seems like I'm violating some kind of generally understood, accepted and supported principle in the well, it's world. Definitely, it's
0: definitely <laughs> weird, but that's who you are. Like, right. It doesn't have to be bad. Yeah, and it's okay to be weird. This is America. The the nerds have won. (laughs) The nerds have won. I
1: don't know. I don't know. And I feel almost like maybe maybe I'm letting down, or I fear that I'm somehow letting down my ancestors by not valuing, you know, that thing. Like it. I don't know. I'm. I'm not sure. I've never really probed to find out why I think it's a bad thing, but I don't know. Like, and, and then there's, you know, there's the other thought like, well, if I left something to my kid or grandkid and they didn't feel some kind of sentimental attachment to it, I would be totally okay with that. Right. So I don't, Suspect that it's coming from within me, but I seem to be surrounded by people at home and everywhere else who place incredible value on these things that are around them. And sometimes, you know, like almost every week, it seems, I'll go through my closet or a drawer or something like that. And I'll be like, you know what? Let's just be realistic. Like, I'm not going to wear that t shirt again. I'm just not going to wear it again. And so we'll put it in the, you know, the Goodwill pile. And I, I, Finally got to this point where now I, I kind of like I can't really get rid of anything because I am really wearing it. And and that's the first time for that. I remember my mom's closet when I was a kid growing up. It was just packed full of stuff. Now, she wore it all, mm-hmm. but it was just like she had unlimited options forever as far as what she wanted to wear. And, you know, I was kind of raised with that as kind of the the norm. Like they weren't hoarders or anything. but yeah, but close enough. Everything got saved, and I remember one time when my mom was moving. Uh, I was, she was like, you know, wanting my help sorting through stuff, and I mean, I found stuff in her garage organized for the most part. But I mean, it was like this, this old like one thing that that kind of stands out was this old uh, toolbox. That my grandfather has had. Now, for the record, my grandfather was a scientist. He was a metallurgist. He was not a handyman. He was not a do-it-yourself or fix-it type. He was very much an intellectual, and uh, and very at home in a in a metallurgist's lab, and and with a slide rule, and you know, very very much in that sense. Not the kind of like, ah, you know what? Let's tear out the old deck and build a new one this weekend. No, they lived in a condo, and. I remember this this toolbox there and I looked inside of it and all of the tools in there were in a state of, of disrepair. They wouldn't, they, they didn't work. They couldn't be used. Many of them had deteriorated from just being in old garages and attics and all the moisture and humidity in Florida and everything else. It's like, there was no, there was no reason to keep these. Even the toolbox itself was this kind of crappy plastic thing that was broken. And I said, you know, like, I'm gonna well, you know, like I'm helping her get rid of stuff. I'm like, let's get rid of this. She's like, oh, well, you know, it was your grandfather's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah. So I'm gonna get rid of it, and she's like, well, but like, you know, it was his. They were his tools.
0: Yeah, which which okay. So in that case, though, I mean, uh, if you feel, if you feel a sense of loss mm-hmm. about a person, and you know, loss. To, to to understand the finality of loss, there's the there's the kind of uh, general notion that we all think about from day to day. Oh, you know, if I lost this, I'd be sad. But there's something when you really lose a person, when the person dies, the thing that doesn't really settle upon you until it's really happened mm-hmm. is that I've lost, they are gone, Yeah, but they are gone forever. Right. I will never get another minute with this person. Right and when that feeling settles over you and it, it can take a while when it does it is it almost feels like it's rewiring your brain like the world as I have always especially if it's someone who's always been in your life in the case of a, of a parent mm-hmm. like when that happens like you're like how do you, how do you deal with that so yeah. I don't think it's at all unusual or weird to want to cling to every scrap that you've got I mean God forbid imagine if something happened to your kids you'd be like you know you hear this all the time people like leave a kid's room intact yeah. and yeah. you know who could who could really you know what are you going to have an intervention with that person? I mean that. No, but <laughs> especially you know, they, for the first while, I mean that's that's they're processing something, and to have all of that just suddenly go away because somebody said, "Oh, that's a plastic toolbox." Well, right. well yeah, but I, I'll never have that person around again.
1: True, and I mean there were the, we were going through and found so much stuff from them, the, so many things. There were pictures, there were notes, there were notebooks, there was a desk, there were chairs, there were so many things that uh, that that were also there. You know, and and what it did for me in the in the time was I realized, you know, that for her this was this was like making that physical connection to them that that this was something he had had and had used, and now like even though she might not be able to you know hold his hand anymore, she could hold this thing that he held, for example. You know what I mean? So like the, there was that bridging of that gap and that was that was really interesting to me and i had definitely been raised with with almost the almost the imbuing of these physical things with like a life of their own like even if it was something that you know maybe just i got you know that that somehow throwing it away that the thing itself almost would feel bad. There is an mm-hmm. Ikea commercial that show it's got this sort of sad music and it shows someone like, and they have this little lamp. Tell me if you remember this one. And he has this little lamp. And oh it's yeah. Like yeah. Playing, that was a good
0: commercial. It was like a Super Bowl commercial. That was yeah. Good.
1: And it's like playing sad music. He takes it out. He puts it down on the curb and it's like, there's rain hitting it. And then he, I, I forget the line, but it's the exact way he delivers. It is perfect. And he's like, why are you sad? It's just a lamp. And he goes to Ikea and buys a new one. And you know, it's, it, that makes a few different statements, but it's interesting just thinking about that, like that we place many people and, and I certainly grew up believing it that like, you might even feel bad to be like, oh, well, you know what, this paper cup that I had on my desk for a couple of days, it's, you know, throwing a poor little cup, you know, I have to throw it away.
0: Oh, I've thought that. I've absolutely thought that.
1: That I, I don't like. I don't like that kind of thinking in myself.
0: Hmm. Um, well, just to, Pivot a little bit. Um, when when I'm thinking about what kinds of things to keep, I, one one thing where I can tell I'm not doing a good job is, is is there's a and again I I put that book in notes. It's all too much by Peter Walsh. Um, you know if if you've got like every drawing your kid has ever done and it's yeah. all over the house. It's in different places. It's in piles. When you start finding you're putting stuff into cardboard boxes, like when you're like basically treating your arms like some kind of like Bob the Builder machine to like just fork up giant amounts of stuff and put it in a box, not a good sign. Uh, You're deferring something at that point. So if you are, so if you're finding like to me this is um, these are some markers. If you've got a ton of stuff and you can't even tell what school year it's from like your, your kid doesn't know what it is. If you've got stuff like that and you just don't know what it is, I'm not saying throw it away, but I am saying mm, there's better ways to treat that. So that's a pattern to watch for is I just keep stuff because I'm terrified to think about the passage of time is maybe a thought you should have. <laughs> uh, if, if you are going to save stuff, I, I have my own tips for things that have made things, uh, you know, bittersweet and valuable to me. So I, I'm not as good about this as I used to be, but uh, think about all the photos that you've had from the past. And the photo was taken for the purpose of fun, uh, for recording like, a, like a, an important moment in time, somebody's graduation. But something we all know when we look at a photo that's over five years old, it's all the, the other stuff in the photo that you end up loving. Like you know, this photo of my mom and dad, a beautiful photo of my mom and dad that I love, a candid shot of them hugging each other. My dad's smoking a butt. He's got a can of Old Coke. But when they had uh, like yeah. steel cans, <laughs> you could see like a particular kind of Mr. Coffee in the background. Like you mentioned that there's a picture you have of like, was it, uh, oh, where in the I'm, dre- I'm
1: dressed up in my, uh, in my uh, quote unquote RTT2 kind. Yeah. yeah but you end up
0: loving the stuff in the background. Oh, again. yeah. So, you know, and I, by I, mean, I was telling Roderick not long ago, like, I, I, I'm i doing more printing of photos at home than I used to. Oh, cool. Uh, well, I mean, just because sometimes then I'll put those For your up crazy in the office. Wall my crazy wall or like when i travel i try to have like some photos with me i put up in the room but you know um one nice thing people used to do is write on the back of a photo say like what this is who's in it write the date on it i remember when i was a kid you bring your stuff back from the uh from the photo hut or whatever it was called and uh what was it called photo mat and it would have the date printed on the back on like a wallpaper pattern So write the dates on things, you know, be a dum-dum, write who's in the photo. Even if, even if you know your kid's friend's name, write it down. Right, right, right. Who's in the photo? It's going to seem dumb now. Right, where it was. Right, what was happening? And then when you look at that photo, you'll notice stuff like what you'll love about that is, oh my God, this is when your kid was so weird looking before their their baby teeth came out. They're so funny looking. Right. You'll appreciate that. But the the same goes for junk you keep. Like you know, there are times when we've like gone to the beach on vacation and we collected a bunch of shells or stones. Dumb as that is, I could throw that away and it'd be fine. But you know what I end up liking is like what I wrote on the bag or what I sometimes I'll have the presence of mind to write on an index card what we were doing. And what we were playing. She won't remember this. I will toss that into the bag, keep that around. You know, if, if it's just a bunch of shells, like you could throw that out someday, but you know you'll enjoy remembering what that is there's something kind of weird about just keeping bags of rocks in your house (laughs) There's something about that that feels a little bit pathological but you know add add something personable to it like what I'm saying is if having this stuff means a lot to you treat it like it means a lot to you at the time of capture use some care get all Syracuse go in there do the metadata pick out your favorites and photos and stuff like that even if it's electronic especially if it's electronic photos comb through if it means a lot to you or you think it means a lot to you spend some time on it make it some Something useful, make it a calendar, print it out, put it on your desk. But add some personality to it, put your own mark on it, but don't just keep stuff around because you don't want to deal with it to the extent possible, because over time, that has the same cumulative effect as any other kind of procrastination, which means it's probably masking something deeper than the stuff. The, the stuff is what you notice, but the, it's the reason you're not getting rid of the stuff that's really indicative. So, you know, you can, you know, add some meaning to your life by doing that. Or again, like Peter Walsh says, maybe instead of keeping everything your kid has ever drawn, do what we've done, pick some favorites, frame them, and then put them up and then switch them out over time. But, you know, I don't want to say anything because I wouldn't want to hurt somebody's feelings or say something unkind. But the best thing that you can do for the people around you is to be a decent human being to them while they are here. Mm hmm. They'll create their own memories. Like get on the floor and play with your kid, and they'll have a memory that doesn't require a bag of rocks. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, can you tell me about something you like? Well, I was going to make a note of that title. Uh, bag of rocks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right, FreshBooks. Fresh know your name? What's your name, Dan? Fresh FreshBooks. Hmm. That's what you call me. FreshBooks and Hamilton. Uh, Freshbooks, <laughs> small business owners.
1: It's time to be honest about how you feel when you're dealing with your day to day admin work. It sucks. That's it. We don't like doing it, do we? We don't like invoicing. We don't like tracking stuff. It's not interesting. It's not fun. It's a grind. Over 5 million small business owners feel the same way as you until they discovered Freshbooks. Freshbooks.com, dead simple cloud accounting software that will absolutely transform how you work and how you handle your paperwork. Invoicing. That's the main thing. FreshBooks.com. You go to there, you create an invoice, and you send it, and it takes like about 30 seconds. There's no formulas. There's no spreadsheet stuff. You don't even have to worry about formatting it. You just create a perfectly crafted invoice every time. It'll have your logo on it. You put your logo there. It has it. You can pick different formats. It's sent to the person automatically over email. You can have it automatically resent to them after a certain amount of time. Like if they haven't paid you in 30 days, it's, it's genius. You get to see, and they call this insights. You can see whether or not a client has looked at the invoice that you've sent to them. They also have online payments. Your clients can pay you online. What does that mean? It means you end up getting paid a lot faster. And they even have this cool new feature called project deposits, Super handy. So like, let's say you're a designer, developer, whatever, and you're saying, well, we'd like to get 50% up front, and then we'll invoice for the other 50% when, when we're done with deliverables. You can do that. It's built into this. You invoice for a payment up front when you're kicking off a project. Tons of stuff like that built into FreshBooks there. They lead this this entire I- industry, in my opinion. It's the best solution out there. I've been using FreshBooks way before uh, I be- they became a-, a sponsor, and I think you're going to love it. We just had someone right before the show started on Twitter saying, hey, do do you guys have a FreshBooks uh, code? We do. It is uh, back to work. So when you're signing up, you go to freshbooks.com slash back to work. You'll get a free 30-day trial and you enter back to work in the how did you hear about us' section. We'll get credit for the show. You'll get 30 days for free. It's a great service. Go check it out. FreshBooks.com slash back to work and enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section. Boom.
0: Boom boom. Thank you to Fresh Books. Good company.
1: Kraka in the chat room says, My mom kept only one drawing I've made. Hmm. And uh he uh he or she, don't know, says I just keep one drawer full of memorabilia, and w- when I add something, I remove something else.
0: One in, one out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good thing to do with shoes.
1: I think you only need a limited number of shoes. How many shoes do you, does one person need, like a man?
0: Five. Five. five, pa- indi- five no, no. Five individual shoes. Five individual shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, here's the thing that those Wall Street fat cats don't want you to know. Oh, boy. There's not actually a difference between left, quote unquote, and right, quote unquote, shoes. Sure there is. No, there's not. No, there's not. That's, see, you've bought, in, you've bought into the big lie. Of, you've bought into the lies of big shoe. Remove my blinders. Hmm. Yeah, you only need five shoes, and you rotate them. You get five identical shoes, and eventually your feet will adapt. You know, to to, to the fact that you only uh, wear this one kind of shoe. Huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and you can make a lot of your shoes yourself. Know, yourself, you can make them from uh, like a you know a fruit leather. Uh, you can make it from various kinds of leaves, like a palm leaf, a frond. Uh, yeah. A lot. A lot of people spend too much money on shoes. You know what I do is um, I bought shoe trees. I like shoe trees. Little cedar shoe trees. You put them in your shoes, and it's lovely.
1: And we've talked about that once, I think, before. What are they? They're not just for stretching and resizing the shoe. They keep the shape and the form of the shoe, right?
0: They air it out. They get rid of odors. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, the worst thing you can do for shoes is like wear them every day. You don't want to wear the same shoes every day. You want to rotate them around a like little a, bit,
1: like a pipe. You don't want to smoke
0: the same pipe every day. That's right. And if you you only really need five pipes. Five of the identical pipe. No, it's true. That's a nice. That's a nice thing to do. Do you want to talk more about uh, uh, clutter and collections and things of that sort? Did sure. you have any other? Any, any other? I don't have anything at all this week. Yeah, I said let's talk about that. I want to talk. Unless about you want to talk shoes. about Alexander. You want to talk about Alexander Hamilton?
1: The uh, the the play, the Hamilton. What's your
0: name, Dan?
1: <laughs> oh, that's what you're quoting to me. Have you seen that?
0: You honestly didn't know what I was quoting. No, I don't. I.
1: It's always a challenge for me to figure it out it's because always the a whole world is
0: yes. something quotable. World is quoting things. It's true. It's insufferable. Um, I would talk about that stuff. We haven't talked about it in a while. I don't feel like I'm doing that great with it right now. I had a flood in my office a few weeks ago. Oh, no, what happened? There was a flood and well, so um, <laughs> like what
1: how how
0: why give me details Just i mean by you, <laughs> you're, by like my, you're
1: like my son like what did you do at school uh reading i'm like really what did you do in science he actually said to me looked at me and said
0: science yeah i'm like oh you you're see, doing science he's like yeah we're doing science. like we do they don't science. think like we do science things yeah yeah <laughs> um and so we had to tear up the rug get a new rug in do lots of stuff uh and i had to kind of Change around the office, and I was uh, thinking, Oh, this is gonna be a great opportunity to kind of reboot. And I was like, uh, And then I got kind of a little bit busy, not super busy, but I didn't really get a chance to do it from the ground up. So I feel like I, I missed that opportunity a little bit. But, you know, at the very least, there is still something very satisfying about filling a contractor bag. I know it's not good for the planet and whatnot, but like that's one of the greatest little changes you can do. We've been slowly getting better about this stuff at home. So, like, we um, just as an example, we I I took out all the drawers where I store my clothes, and I went through and ruthlessly figured out everything to throw away and donate. You know, unless somebody really asks for it, guys, don't donate socks. Nobody wants your socks. Like, if it's stuff that people can actually use, that's good. But like, don't use Goodwill or whomever as a garbage bin. That's really gross. How how do you know that they don't want socks? I'm pretty sure, well, you could give them some socks and see if they get excited about it. (laughs) When's the last time you went out and bought socks at a Goodwill?
1: Well, isn't there an aspect of some of these places, and I don't think Goodwill's the one.
0: They do the reselling?
1: Where they, not the reselling, but where it's truly like a donation, like you give it there and they take it to a shelter for people who, who need something. I mean.
0: If it means a lot to you for people to have socks, buy packages of socks and donate those. Okay. Anyway, all I was saying was, um, so I, I did that. I went through and I took out everything that I haven't worn in a certain, my, my wife is very methodical about it. She's like, if I haven't worn this in six months, it's gone. And if you can pull that off, uh, I think that's, that's good. But for me, it was just more like, you know, is there anything here? I mean, like I'm 49. Are there that many shirts? There are some shirts I wish I still had. I still wish I had the silkworm t-shirt that I was wearing when my daughter was born, but you know, I, it's okay. I got the kid. I, it's okay that I don't have the shirt that was a great shirt and I don't think I sell it anymore. Uh, but by and large it was just all stuff like, you know, pit stained shirts and old socks and underwear that I just keep out of obligation. And like, there's just something really satisfying about filling a contractor bag with that and just knowing it's gone and having, um, air in there, having room, like not, you know, you, you don't, if you've got stuff in a place and it's a mix of stuff, you're pretty sure you don't need or want. Combined with stuff you're positive you don't need or want, you know, everything in that drawer, I think, uh, unless you consider this your system, which some people do, then you kind of go dead to it. You go dark to it. You know what I mean? You don't even want to open it. It's like knowing that there's rotten vegetables in the CRISPR. You know, it's, so I think, I think that, so well, where am I going with this? Is that even if your ambitions are fairly modest, Here's like a very modest ambition. You probably somewhere in your house right now have grocery bags, like those brown grocery bags you mm-hmm. get at the store mm-hmm. because you're a monster who wants to destroy uh, the environment mm-hmm. and you don't bring your hemp bags. Mm-hmm. If you've got a brown paper bag, do this, do a little dash. And this is, uh, this is an old trick. I think this is a fly lady trick. But basically, uh, grab a a, garb, a a you know, just a grocery bag, walk around your house. And keep going and fill that, keep going and throwing things into that bag until you've filled that grocery bag. The, 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 the weirdest part of that whole thing I just said is it'll probably take you about two or three minutes. If you get, So what you're saying is you're doing a couple things. You're setting aside time to do this. You're no longer walking around and going, huh, that's probably a thing I should do to like, I don't have a specific plan for what I'm going to throw out, but I do know I want less stuff that's not essential in my life. And it's sort of like a procrastination dash. You say, however many minutes it takes, I'm going to fill up this bag. Am I Am I changing my entire life? I am not. Am I going to do like a whole like scorched earth Marie Kondo reboot like a weirdo? No, I'm not. I'm going to have one bag less of stuff I don't need in my life. It's not going to fill up the garbage can. I don't have to call anybody, but just try that. And, and you might be kind of amazed um, how easy it is to fill up that bag and really weirdly how much better you feel for something so trivial think about newspapers, think about magazines. Yes, recycle, save the world. But whatever. Get stuff from inside of where you are, whether that's officer home, to outside. Get it somewhere else. And you will you may find it weirdly freeing. It's a really nice feeling. You get to just kind of go, ah, like I didn't need those things. Packaging for for dinguses and computer devices. Uh, you know packages from uh, DVDs and Blu-rays that you lost years ago mm-hmm. like wh- what, are you, what are you saving them for you think Elijah's gonna show up and sit in your box like what are you, what are you doing with that like get rid of that Um, you know like it really even you know you, books are hard because people have such ridiculous attachment to books it's like they're like you know, oh that's my special thing well you know if you haven't looked at any of those books in a long time maybe some of those books should go somewhere else I don't know that's all I'm saying. Just tossing it out. That's one nice way to address the big problem is to say, this is not about a life change. This is about one grocery bag. Fill that up and you might feel a lot better. I like that. And it doesn't have to be heirlooms. It doesn't have to be uh, Pop Pop's toolbox. It could just be a bunch of junk that's sitting around that you don't need anymore. I could do it. I could do it with wrappers from Z bars in our house. I could fill a whole bag. <laughs> Straws from juice and milk boxes.
1: It's a lot of stuff we create a lot of stuff,
0: yeah, we do, we do, and like the problem is our stuff brings stuff is is the other thing, so like we we buy a lot of stuff from amazon, um and even if it's stuff we absolutely need, it still feels really weird to get a giant box, and inside the giant box there's either a bunch of paper and or a bunch of those poppy little plastic things, and inside of that is another box with an electronic item in it in it once you take out the little pearl out of that oyster, you've got your little electronic device. Now you've got like how many cubic inches of square, uh, nonsense in your house that you've got to like get, get rid of. It's a terrible feeling.
1: See, so I had the office that I used to have, I had a whole bunch of stuff in storage there. And when we switched offices to a, like a smaller one, I don't really have very much storage. So I had to consolidate everything and kind of go through stuff. And it's hard when you look at stuff and you're like, well, you know, I might, I might use that again, or I, I could see where I would need that again. It's not that old. It's not 10 years old. It's a year old. I might still need it. So I what I try and do is I'll sort through it all in all. i I think we've talked about this once. I don't wanna repeat myself too much. But I have the I learned this back when in my second job out of school. I had inherited – I was a system administrator, network administrator uh, guy working at uh, like a – I guess about a 50-person office. Maybe it was a little smaller than that. This is when
0: you were working for the Sarlacc?
1: The Sarlacc. And I uh, I would – my you know, my job was to basically make sure that their machines were up and running and that the file oh, okay. server uh, sorry, was –
0: Sorry, different. I was thinking of the phone company. This is Oh, else. before that this is before
1: that and yeah. and so you know making sure everything was backed up make sure that cc mail and lotus notes were databases were not corrupting and that kind of stuff and so when i started when i took over the job from the guy who was there previously he was sort of like a hoarder and a pack rat and like every single square inch of every shelf and surface everywhere had some kind of piece of equipment on it but i had inherited this job and and this infrastructure and like, I didn't know what was what, you know, like, was this sort of bare hard drive sitting on a shelf important or could I get rid of it? What was on it? Was it classified data or was it a bad hard drive from, you know, from someone's laptop from two years before? Who who knew? And right. it was impossible. Like, I didn't have the time to go through every single thing but that i mean that's just one example there were everything from cables and modems and core i mean the, do you remember back in the days of the apple talk networks where you would use rj11 as the network cable so you could play your uh, bungee games and it, you know like there was tons and tons of this well we didn't need that's, that that's phone,
0: phone cable right yeah we yeah. didn't need that anymore but like, could I throw it away? Yeah, and, and, that's s- me and that's me. That's me. An old USB things, like USB things to connect USB to something that's not even a device I use anymore. <laughs>
1: right? Do you want to get rid of it though? Like, maybe you should keep it. Well, finally, but um,
0: I better, mo- better keep it in this rat's nest tangle in the garage oh, for ten years. God, and my boss was
1: from uh, another. He lived. He lived and worked in another city in like the corporate office, and he came down to like meet me and pay a visit and and talk and. He's like, what is all this? (laughs) I'm like, dude, I don't know what it is. I want to get rid of it though. And he's like, well, I'll take care of it. And I said, okay, like, can I help? And he's like, no, no, I'll get it. He's like, when I'm traveling, I don't really sleep. And so he stayed in at work until maybe three or four in the morning and was back by seven the next morning. And he had, uh, He had gone through and sorted through everything. And I came in and like there was a huge pile, probably six feet tall in the middle of the server room that was just a mound of the stuff. And he's like, anything in there you want, you can have it. We're throwing it out tonight. And he had gone through everything. But it was great because all of a sudden I had all this storage space like you're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, I had this storage space. I had all the – everything. I could organize it now. And I think I brought home like a Zoom modem, an external Zoom serial connection. But I was just floored by all the stuff that had happened. And this was at the workplace. You know, Imagine the person's house. Like whenever I see one of my neighbors open up their garage and like right to the edge of the garage – yeah. Just to the line where the garage door comes down is just That's
0: healthy packed. <laughs> right. Like what no, are you I, doing in there? I know. I know. I know because you know the stuff that you have, the amount of space you have will be filled with stuff. That's just a, a fact of life. I think there's ways you can see this uh in in your own life in ways that are instructive and uh functional. And I could think of I'm thinking of a few examples. Um linen closet. Hmm spice area, spice cabinet area uh, underneath the sink in your bathroom. These are, these are places that are probably like unless you have a Guatemalan child in there is not like a, something you're thinking about a lot. Mm -hmm. It's one of those areas where stuff goes. But um, I think this one's kind of fun because you get to laugh at yourself a little bit. Another one is the, if you haven't cleaned out your refrigerator in a while, not just, you know, uh, perishables. But I think it's fun to go into a place where stuff has accumulated and piled up. And I, let's call it the phenomenon of jamming in. If there's anywhere where things could be knocked down because they're so jammed in with each other. And I'm thinking, you know, these are the kinds of areas. Are you, are you with me? You know, yeah. maybe yeah. medicine medicine cabinet. But I think the, the linen closet is an interesting one because, you know, if you had a little bit of time to kill, and I know you probably don't because everybody's super busy, but like take all of the stuff out of your linen closet and then put it in an area where you can look at it. And it is so hilarious and so informative. Because when we've done this, I'm just here to tell you, man, half of the stuff in there, there are sheets in there that don't fit on beds anymore. (laughs) Like These are for beds we used to have. Right. We, there are queen size fitted sheets in there. Luckily we've got three of them. So that'll be handy. Uh, nobody in our house has a queen size bed. Uh, there are, there's the towel you never want to use. You ever run across things like a shirt you don't like, a pair of socks you don't like. Like, why would you have a towel that you're not into? Get rid of it. Get new ones. Like in my case with socks, man, I'll just go out and buy me a a big eight pack of gold toe socks because like that's. You know what? Live a little bit. But also, the other funny thing about, like, you know, I'm trying to think of ours. I'm visualizing it now. Got a bunch of towels, a bunch of sheets. Then there is this hellhole on the tall top shelf that is the most ungodly mix of some kind of first aid things, some kinds of treatments, poultices, unguents, hot water bottle, uh, hair dryer in an unknown state. Look those hair dryers, man. They just take over all... As soon as you put a hair dryer anywhere, that place is gone. Like, forget about it. So what's funny is you take all that stuff out, cough syrup, right? All that stuff. It's so funny. First of all, just look at all that stuff that you have not even touched in years. Well, I might need that someday. Well, do you need four thermometers? Like, really? Okay, well, that's good. We'll make some room for the special thermometers. But start with the, you know, one that I think is very funny is make yourself pick up everything that has an expiration date on it. And look at the expiration date. And you'll laugh and laugh and laugh. We, <laughs> because got, it's all, you're saying it's oh, all years and years old. So expired. So <laughs> expired. I did this recently because our, our cabinet where we keep like day-to-day drug stuff, you know, Tylenol, ibuprofen, herbs, stuff like that. It was getting way too crowded. And there was stuff even in the I can see it from the front area that was from 2014. God knows what's way in the back. Dan, I have herbs and various kinds of like natural remedy things. I don't even know what they're for anymore. Like stuff they like 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 folk remedy kind of stuff? Well, like, you know, I'd go try a different kind of like energy thing. Like a or supplement. A supplement, yeah. You know? But like when you start going through that and this is why I say it's also funny to go through your spice rack. The spice the, the dates on spice stuff are a little dodgy. You know, there's this whole Concern of like, well, what does it really mean? Is that when it was made? Is that a sell-by date? Is that an expiration date? You know, there was a funny podcast not long ago about what all the different dates on milk can mean. But just for, I think it's just funny. I'm not sure where I'm going with this. But take all that junk out of one of those areas. Just look at how much of that stuff has expired. Every time something is expired, don't throw it away yet. Put it in an area all together. Like in our case, we have a big table in our kitchen. So I can take all the junk out and put it over here on the left. Each time I find something in there that is expired, I put it in this area over here on the right. And then I laugh and I laugh and I laugh at myself because I have been paying rent for square inches in my house of stuff that would be deadly if I used it, or at least awkward and weird. Right? How many mustards does a person need? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's let's go look. But you know, I'm saying these because I say it's it's uh, instructive and functional. I, I think it's very functional because even if you get back half, a quarter, an eighth of a shelf in one of those areas. That whole area is transformed. It's completely transformed. It's gone from being a place where whatever happens to like a living place where there's now things that you can see and use and there's space between objects and oh my God, isn't this crazy? So functional. The reason I say it's instructive is if you do that on something that's as relatively stress-free as a medicine cabinet or a linen closet, Jesus, just imagine what's happening in your garage. Mm. Just imagine what's happening on the top shelves in your closet and so that I think that can give you a little bit of velocity and confidence to say well you know I've done I've gotten rid of these uh of these uh cinnamon sticks from 2008 that feels good uh and then you might you, you know you put them on a list like I need to get more cinnamon sticks whatever like right. you know but like it's it, it isn't until you look at all that stuff in once, at, at once that you can really appreciate what a silly person you are. And I think that can actually be really useful. And you, where you realize like, oh my God, I bought, like I did this, what did I do recently? Uh, was it toilet wipes or soap? There was something where we just kept buying something and every time it occurred to me, I buy it and you take it out and you realize I have enough soap here for like a year. This is so strange. Like what, what what kind of weird automaton have I become? So I'm mentioning here because it's funny. It's fun to laugh at ourselves, but it's also useful because you get to go, wow, when I go dead to an area, it stops being part of my life. It keeps being part of my house, but it stops being part of my life. Should that matter? Maybe not. Most of us do not have the luxury to have whole rooms of our house that we just go dead to. Right. But like how much of your of your you know environment do you want to go dead to? Because that's probably indicative that there's other parts of your life that you should probably pay attention to too. That's all. Mary Marie Kondo's nuts though. She's a crazy person. <sighs> do you ever look Dan. at oh, yes? So sorry. Cut that up. Go. No. Go. Go ahead. Call her. No. no. i sure. was filling air by asking you to do a sponsor. But go ahead. Oh, no, I'll do. I'll do. Let me do a sponsor. Dan, Dan, did you want to tell me about a uh, second thing that you like? I would like to tell you
1: about a sponsor and an oldie but a goodie. Guess who's back? Hover is back.
0: Oh, our old friends at Hover. You guys know Hover. Hover.com
1: uh you know what they're back and they're back hardcore really yes
0: that's how they're back yeah
1: and i'll tell you i'll tell you the way they work because there's i'm sure you know what they say there's somebody born every day Mm -hmm. who has never seen the flintstones
0: people say that every day someone's born has never heard that
1: well there's i'm sure there are people listening who have not heard about hover and and you know what for the people who have heard about hover we're going to give you a little uh discount code so keep listening when you have a great idea, you have a great idea, you, you made you made a new website, a new blog, a new store, a new startup, whatever the thing is, you need to give it a great domain name. And the domain name, you want to match up with the, the name of your business. And of course, everyone says all the dot-coms are, are taken. They're not. You can still find some good ones. But there are so many other extensions, which are TLDs, that are out there. Hover has them all, and they make it super, super easy to find the perfect domain name. You type the word or the phrase or the total domain name, if you already know the one you want, into their little search box. It works just like Google. They search. They find tons and tons and tons and tons of really awesome domain names that use those words or those phrases or find synonyms to those in available domains. It is like a one-step way to search for the perfect domain. It's awesome. I use it way too much. and they have something really cool at hover they don't upsell you on anything and they give you free Whois privacy so when you register a domain the the information that you enter into it the info that you put into it if somebody runs a Whois on that domain name that you registered your information will show up well a lot of us like we just have one phone number that we want to use and we don't want the whole world to have access to it or to our email address or whatever well there's this thing called who is privacy hover includes that for free so that when somebody does a who is on your domain name or looks up who owns it it doesn't reveal your private information it's like a gateway information so they can still contact you maybe they want to buy the domain maybe they want to do business with you who knows. But it's all shielded and protected so they can still reach out and get in touch. But it doesn't reveal your private information. It's awesome. This is built in. This is free. And like I said, there's no upsells or anything like that. Like you don't have to go through page after page, like opt out of this service, opt out of that add on stuff that you don't want or need. It's all built in. Hover only offers domains and email. That's all they even offer. So you're not confused by all these. Oh, you need an SSL certificate. You need this. You need that. No. It's that it. Do you, do you want who is privacy? Yep. Do you want email? Yeah, that's it. And you're in and you're out. And uh, and it's a great service. So go find a domain name for your idea at hover.com. Promo code. This is very important. You must use this. Back to work. All one word. Use that at checkout and you'll save 10% off your first purchase. You'll be supporting the show in the process. We all win at hover.com. Boom. Welcome back, back, back.
0: Thanks, welcome Hover. Back. we love you. I was on Hover just the day before last.
1: What were you getting?
0: I had to change. I had to update some A name settings oh, uh, yeah. for a service and, use them and it was for your DNS. Why not? Mm-hmm. It was very easy to do. Very easy to do. Could I love Hover. I'm a Hover lover. <laughs> nice. I just got to run with that. I'm just an idea guy. I know it. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I have heard that. Wider than a mile. And so, what's your name, man? I Have you seen that, or are you just quoting it? What? The Hamilton. Oh. uh let's say I've just Let's say I've just heard it. But just hearing it's enough.
1: It's an American
0: nope. musical. Mm-hmm. Just don't, don't read the poster to me, Dan. You're reading me, you're reading me the poster, aren't you?
1: Well, I'm looking. You can, you can get in. You can see this. But where is it showing? He's,
0: he's not throwing away his shot. All right. Levels and levels. Mhm uh-huh, mhm uh-huh. Tony's Tony Awards this weekend is going to be super exciting. Sick bulls well, got name, you're 16 not, It's
1: going to walk away with some of something. You
0: don't strike me as a musical uh theater kind of guy. Huh. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah.
1: I don't yeah, like don't... I don't like musicals. I like I've seen some opera. I I was on an opera jag for a while. Hm. Mm. And that was got a, that was got a cream for
0: that now for <laughs> opera jag.
1: <laughs> but they I got I got really into that. So I saw all the big ones. And uh, I enjoyed that, but no, I don't. I I saw uh, Phantom of the Opera, but I don't really get. I don't really like musicals. It's not mm-hmm. that I dislike them, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't get into I Understand? Them.
0: It's not for everybody. Um, what was I going to say? Are about, you into that? What musicals? I'm into musicals the same way that I'm into uh, poetry, which is uh, there's some uh, some poems and poets and things genres even that I like a lot a lot a lot but I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of everything in the genre inclusive yeah um, yeah I um, I I mean there's some musicals I really like a lot and uh, yeah I would definitely say Hamilton's up there so you saw it you can't see it to New York so
1: you didn't go to New York to see it you're adorable what is it? Like uh, a cam, like a camcorder of what? Of the, of the show.
0: No, no. It's at the Richard Rogers, uh, theater. Oh yeah. It's in New York. It's on Broadway. Do you like uh, all that
1: jazz? Is I was like that? wondering if you were going to bring that up. I saw the movie, Showtime, all Folks. that jazz <laughs> when I was a kid. That's and a hell it, of a movie. It traumatized me.
0: It's a messed up. I
1: did movie. not understand it. It yeah. left there. I still have vivid memories of him on the, and the cot in the hot hospital thing. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: just and Jessica Lang as like an angel. And uh, oh.
1: I just still don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I'm terrified to watch it again. Cause I think it'll just bring back all those terrible dreams that I used to You're have. Smart.
0: You're smart. You're smart. There's a lot of jump scares. I, you know, I would, I would just avoid it if I were you. No, you're fine. You're fine. You know, some musicals are better than others, but it's, but it's just something that not everybody's into because it's weird. People don't just normally start singing, but it's also, it can be very joyful, very joyful. Uh, What else do we have? We could talk more about clutter. We could talk about comics. Is there anything from our listeners that we, uh, I feel like there's, there's some things in um, some emails that we're way behind on. We never mm. heard, we never mm. got the
1: magical third email from, uh, <gasps> from Peck.
0: Monica. Monica never got, she never mm. circled back for a third email. No. Peck Pong Pet. Let me look here.
1: I think mm. when, just as my final note mm-hmm. about the whole clutter thing. Oh, is,
0: I, I can go longer on that. I just didn't know if I was trying your patience No, that. not
1: at all. It, it's a topic that I'm very, still very much interested in. Uh, and I, I... You know, it's very easy for me, like I was saying, to get rid of stuff. And I'll tell you one thing, the one thing I would like to impart to our listeners. It seems to a lot of people, if if you don't have some kind of sentimentality, some kind of attachment to something, you might say to yourself, well, you know what, I might, I might need that. I don't want to get rid of it because I might need it. And that is something that uh, one of the things that I learned, especially in the computer equipment kind of stage, is that, it. and I saw someone tweet about this not long ago. They're saying, oh, I'm so glad I saved this, you know, USB to such and such adapter, or I'm so glad I saved this external, you know, SCSI drive chassis because I wound up finally needing it to pull data off an eight-year-old hard drive. (laughs) You know, like the chances that you're going to do that and the chances that you'll really need that 8, 10-year-old drive are pretty low. I'm not saying don't save it.
0: Well, and the fact that you were able to use it one time can have an exaggerated effect on your ability to think that way in the future. So because you can, it becomes a kind of a heuristic where you're able to say like, a, ha ha, see, see, I told you it was good that I saved you know this, this entire life-crushing amount of stuff because I needed it this one time. It yeah, I, I becomes might, like an availability here. I
1: might need that. And then there's the other thing of like doubles where, oh, you know, I've got two of those. No, just keep one. If you really, really, really think you're going to need it, it. Depends on one. what it is. Like, a, like a, I, I found when I was, uh, I have put together, you know, I have like a, a, a bag that I keep for when I go on a trip and I was just traveling over the weekend and I uh, you know, I have like in, in the little bag that I take with me, I've got two uh, lightning cables and I've got like one of the uh, micro USB cables. And so when I was putting this together, I wanted to find like, well, I don't need 20 micro USB cables cause everything comes with one, you know, for traveling. I need like, I maybe need two, maybe three of these things in my whole life that I probably need three. Right. And because everything I buy, you know, you buy a loaf of bread, it comes with one. And so I was just kind of comparing them, saying which one looks like it's going to be the best, Looks which one looks, you know, the least crimped and the, the one's going to coil the, the nicest. And I had a, like 23 of them. <laughs> And I like. Why oh, do I have yeah, twenty three yeah. of these things? Like, where did they come from? So I narrowed it down to like the two or three best ones, and like that's a whole box that's now free. And it's you can right, you right, can right. throw them away. You can donate them. People always seem to want them. But you know, so like when I even even for the sake of like having something to travel. So, but I'm I'm a big fan of like not running out of things.
0: I don't like to run out of stuff. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Okay, there. I that's I think that's an important distinction to make. Tom, what do you think about that? Well, I'm thinking of something that CGP Grey has said on uh, Cortex, and he's not the originator of this, but it's one of those ideas that once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And I think it's an idea from people who do supply in the military or anybody who's in a situation where there's little fault tolerance. And that's the saying that three is two, two is one, and one is none, which means that that if you're, it's you know the way programmers start by counting at zero because yeah. that's the first addressable, addressable you know piece. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, think about it this way: if you have one roll of toilet paper and it's the one that's hanging by the toilet, you kind of have zero toilet paper, <laughs> right? You don't really that that is that's the zeroth uh, roll of toilet paper. When that one's gone, you're done. So the idea: if you have three, you really have two because you have to assume that one's going to break or or go away. Three is two, two is one, and one is none, which I I find to be an incredibly catchy idea. So I do think about that, and this makes me a weirdo. Like it means that I order or buy milk before my daughters, you know, out of milk, right? Or you know, I get toilet paper before we're out of toilet paper because I that's the kind of thing that you know adults do. You know, I think CGP Grey was talking particular about things like. uh, where was he talking about this? I guess in an environment where you have to have backup generators, you know, for servers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That you want to have like the number that you need plus at least one. And I think that's an interesting idea for a certain constellation of things. That's like fuses. Like you don't, the thing is three is two, two is one and one is nine. If you have, you know, a house with fuses and the last fuse that you have is in use, you're out of fuses. Right. And, now, I'm about to show you how that does not apply to everything, in my opinion. But I think that's a very so. So maybe step one there is like figure out like what are the kinds of things where you don't like to run out, don't want to run out. How do you address that? But to your to your point, you know, um, I hear you about like oh my gosh, there was what do you call it, mini USB? Is that the one you're talking about? Micro,
1: micro. I don't have anything micro. that uses mini anymore
0: which one's mini mini is oh mini's the like crazy tiny one right no
1: micro is the crazy tiny one mini is the one just slightly bigger than that and you can get a cable at Walgreens for six dollars that has a micro on one end and a mini on the other end so it doubles as both
0: I get it um this is a very uh, just a general thought on that but i I um I think that there's a kind of sensible precaution which is to say I've thought about the kinds of things that's important in my life it's the kinds of things where in my life it's I don't want to run out of this or I can't be I can't not have this. I want to keep my earthquake or tornado kit up to date, make sure that the you know the water hasn't expired and right. stuff like that. There's that kind of stuff. But then there's the thing that I think you're addressing here which is like right now hey quick pop quiz hot shot Anyone who's listening, how many of those micro USBs do you own? And I, I don't think I could get it to within 10 if yeah. I had to guess. Yeah. I might have three or I might have 90. I'm not sure. Because they aren't that they're so ubiquitous that they are all over the place. They are in boxes. They're in other boxes. They're in all these different places. So on the one hand, that's great. I'm good to go. There's a chance that if if I if I lose one of the primary ones when I'm traveling or something, there's a pretty good chance I can go find one. Um but then there's another thing that happens, and I'm thinking in particular of stuff like backups, where like let's say you do the traditional quote unquote backup, which is you drag a copy to your desktop. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, let's be honest that's not really a that's not really a backup. That's a duplicate, right? To, for something to be a backup, uh, generally what what I think of in my head, it has to be it has to be automated, uh, it has to be redundant, and it has to be testable and tested. That's what makes something a backup. But for example, I run into this now with old videos, photos also, but especially videos of my daughter, where I've gone through so many different times of switching to, you know, Lightroom, to iPhoto, to different things, Google Photo, all these different places. And so if I go and do a search on the word photos, find find folders on my drive with photo in the title, it's kind of harrowing. Because inside there, I've got a bunch of stuff, some of which are named. Named stuff like you know, LE Mega Mix 2008 which I know is like a thing I took the time to make that I would mm-hmm. never want to lose. Right. But basically what I've got is probably a dozen different folders in different places. Some on my Mac, some on external drives attached to that Mac, some on this Drobo array over here, others on that Drobo array over there. Mm-hmm. Others are probably on this Mac Mini I haven't booted up in a long time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what's funny is that starts out as something like, like, oh, that could kind of start out as, I'm disorganized. But, you know what, at least I know I've got lots of copies if anything goes wrong. Well, that breaks the third rule of backups, which is that it's not testable. Like, do you know that you have everything? Just because you have a bunch of something, it, that's mainly making you anxious and fretful. It's not making you productive. In order for something to be so, you see what I'm saying. There's a fine line between uh, prepared, being a prepared person, and being a hoarder without realizing it. Mm-hmm. So one one aspect of hoarding, without going too deep on this, because I know it is actually a thing. You know, one aspect of hoarding is you have tons and tons and tons of stuff, but it might be difficult to put your hand to the things that are actually valuable. Like if you had to grab one armload of stuff to run out of your house, which you know what to grab, ah. No, I'd have to look under these family circle magazines and these 16 bottles of salad dressing from 1991. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, that's the distinction is that like there are the kinds of things where just, just the exercise of identifying the things that you have to keep in stock, so to speak, can be very valuable. But then also ask yourself for the stuff that you consider valuable and taken care of, like how could you put your hands to it? Is it, do you really know that you are complete and up to date on those things? Because that's a different kind of animal. So uh, the, the answer to the question here is, I am not. I hope that I'm covered by having lots of stuff on drive plus backblaze, but who knows? but you know that's not actually I guess what I'm trying to say is that making duplicates and having a just a, a random array of different copies of stuff uh, is not the same thing as being organized or complete. Well, it's, I really it's like more manic manic than that.
1: I like very much that you did bring up something like backups because I'm a big believer in backups and that you can't have too much redundancy and you can't have too many backups except when you get into that kind of chaos of, I don't know where the latest one is. Or I don't know what this backup is or why is this hard drive sitting there? I love the idea of having our digital stuff backed up because it's so easy to lose it. Uh, but, you know, back to, back to what we were talking about just a minute ago, as far as like, you know, the, these crazy little cables and, 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 and things like that. There is something that's really nice about knowing what data you have or what things you have and which ones are important, like you know if if God forbid there was some kind of a fire i I don't have anything personally that I would wanna make sure that I was running out of the house with you know my laptop, maybe my phone, and that's only because those are tools that I would be hurting without
0: mm-hmm, i don't
1: mm-hmm. I don't have anything anymore that I really care that much about that is in a physical location of course the photos of my kids being born and my family and trips and things like that those are incredibly important but those aren't they don't live on the hard drive of our family iMac they are there and that's where i would go to look at them but they're in lots of other places too maybe they're on our phones maybe they're in our you know our backblaze backup maybe they're on Flickr. you know what i mean so there's There are other places that those things exist. And when it comes to like the digital side of it, I absolutely love that. And I love that Apple and Google both make it really, really easy to store your stuff in a way that's getting backed up or that is redundant, in a way that you don't have to worry. I'm glad that there are services like Backblaze out there that just they just work. They're always running. You add a new file, of course it's backed up because that's that's what those things do. I have Dropbox or I can just Put files there that are important, and now they're on any computer or device that I ever have anywhere and and that that makes me feel good too so when it comes to data, you know my bad habit is that i I am kind of a hoarder when it comes to data there's you know I have so many like probably not as many as you, but lots and lots of text files, lots and lots of photos lots and lots of documents you know logos from companies that I started and closed 10 years ago you know like i've still got all of that stuff and i don't need it but that stuff is kind of harder for me to get rid of than those physical things you know like like websites that i designed 15 years ago i still have you know in a zip file somewhere right and but that's not taking
0: up that much weight
1: it's not it's really not and that's the other thing that like storage has now become such a commodity It's so cheap. It's There's so much, there's this abundance of storage out there that really we don't need to worry about, oh, well, you know, like every, for example, I started 5x5 in in 2009 and was podcasting back in 2007. Every single MP3 file that I've ever produced and that 5x5 ever produced, I keep in a backup on Amazon S3. Not well, that's glacier.
0: cool. I, that's awesome. Like even like retired shows. That's, oh that's yeah, all everything is oh, there. Every that's every
1: single thing that's ever been released and stuff that hasn't been released. You know how much that cost me to store on Amazon per month? Six
0: dollars. Yeah,
1: six dollars yeah. for every single episode of every show that's ever been on Five by Five and two years before that. Like six six dollars. Yeah. There's nobody who's like, well, I don't have enough space for it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like. If you're a technology professional, you can afford $6 a month. That's a, that's a latte, you know? Oh, you, I know. You can afford to just throw stuff up. And you know what? Transmit by panic, you can connect to your Amazon S3 folder, and you can have a folder on your desktop or on your computer somewhere, and you just click the little synchronize button, and it'll copy it all up to Amazon. You do that once a month. And like everything you have is backed up somewhere. Yeah, that's not the only place I have those things backed up. It isn't the only place I'm storing them, but like they're all there and it's so easy to do that. Anything that's important to you, you have no excuse not to just create a backup of it. It's important to make a note or remember that, well, that's where this stuff is, but it's entirely possible to to do that kind of thing. But when I look at these physical things that we are hanging on to, this stuff that we're we're holding on to. there's always that, you know, you can take that staging approach, especially with technology. Like if you think that you're going to need it, put it into, I've, 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 we've talked about this, I think, put it into a box, put a date on oh, the yeah. box mm-hmm. and it, you can set it for a month. You can set it for three months, but write the date on the box that you're supposed to get rid of it and say, get rid of me on and write the date on the side of the box and tape up the box and drop it in your garage. And if that date comes around and you haven't needed anything from out of that box, by then you'll probably have forgotten what was in the box unless you go the extra step and like write an inventory of what's in the box. But if you just, it's hard hard
0: to throw that out without looking because it's, it's like a time capsule, but to have that system really work, you need to keep it sealed. And if you don't open it, throw it away. That was your deal. Yeah. That's hard to do though. I don't know. It
1: it is because you start second guessing. Well, what if there was something in there? But wait, I haven't needed it. In six months.
0: Well, you've, you've created an unintentional time capsule at that point. Yeah. It's always fun to look at those things.
1: Have you ever done a real
0: time capsule?
1: Not Not on purpose. Have you done an accidental time capsule? Oh,
0: sure. Um, My life was full of accidental time capsule. Like what? Tell me about one of them. Oh, just something I forget about and leave in a certain state or like I have to clean the office for some reason. I throw a bunch of stuff in a box and then I just find this whole like month of my life in situ. (laughs) Nothing I've needed, nothing I've touched. It's all in there. The exact pen or pencil or notebook that I was using at the time. And it's like, ooh, who put that in here? Creepy. (laughs) It's a strange feeling.
1: I, I have always wished that I had had the foresight to make like a time capsule for myself as a as a kid because I would love not to have that stuff so much as to see what I was thinking or how I was feeling you know at that time that kind of the concept of like writing a, a letter to your future self or leaving something for your future self that kind of represents what you're thinking what you're going through mm-hmm. and I I wish I had done that
0: yeah and to see like what you thought was important at the time yeah yeah that would be
1: awesome just because it's changed so much for me you know not just having kids and 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 everything else that you do when you hit your 30s or your 40s but yeah wouldn't it be fun to sort of see where your mind was when you were
0: five when you were 10 yeah it would be but you know it's I don't know. It seems like there's sort of like there are journal types of people and there are not journal types of people. I I think it's more interesting to see what I've written to other people than what I've written to myself. You know, like uh, when I was doing more traveling when my daughter was uh, quite quite young. um, This is really weird, but I started always leaving a note for her when I would leave. Um, And so I would, in some kind of different funny, I would tell her a story, put it on a note, and I I would leave it behind and you know i wouldn't the deal with my wife was like you're going to find a note somewhere around here and like read it you know after i'm gone and uh i thought that was really fun so we've kept all of those and I even had a running text file where i wrote down what date it was what oh, trip that's i cool. took it's nerdy, but what triple was, what data was, uh, what story I told her in it. And i would you know, might include stickers or a drawing or something funny, but uh, I'm glad I did that. Those are, those are, I don't know. She likes to look at them every once in a while. She go into like mom's like baby book and or the baby books that mom has for her and look through them and she really enjoys them. And uh, that's fun. And it's lightweight. It's not too heavy. I'm not, it's not like I'm passing on some giant thing to her. It's kind of for me. And if she ends up liking it, that's okay. I mean, what more could you ask for And what you pass on to someone? I
1: think that's really cool.
0: I'm a pretty cool guy, Dan. Yeah, I know you
1: are. a pretty cool dad. (laughs) Did
0: you tell me about uh, one
1: more thing you like? I'll tell you about Squarespace. Squarespace Squarespace.com. They make websites for you so that you don't have to. The sites they make look professionally designed regardless of what skill level you may possess. And this is the thing. Even if you have a lot of skill, even if you are a web designer or a JavaScript developer or whatever you happen to do, don't let that put you off from Squarespace. I think it's a wonderful tool for people who are experienced. You know, we always talk about, oh, you don't need to be a designer to use this. You don't need to be a, a, a web developer to use this. But what if you are? It's still an amazing way to make websites because chances are the thing that you're wanting to go and build that site for is to promote your your business. If you're a software developer, if you're a geek, if you're somebody who wants to uh, go out there into the world and do some work, like, guess what? you need a site that looks really, really good. So whether you have a lot of talent or a lot of skill or a lot of experience or whether you have absolutely none, you're going to find that Squarespace will be very approachable You can get really technical with it. You can be a developer where you actually then get access to all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff so that if you don't want to use their templates the way they are or if you want to get in there and really code them or break them apart and build your own stuff, you can do that. Like the floodgates can be opened for you. The kimono can be lifted. And you can get in there and do whatever it is that you really want to do but again if like that's not your thing you just want to go and pick one of their awesome templates and make like a single landing page or make a blog or make a a gallery for your photos whatever the thing is that you want to do you can get in there and build a site and it takes really about five minutes from the point of i'm at squarespace.com to the point of here's my website it can go as quickly as you want it to go and yeah you can sweat the details and you can totally customize it and uh so look at look at merlin m dot com and compare that to BaconMethod.com. Both Squarespace sites look completely different. Go to uh what's the one that, that John has, his uh Squarespace site.
0: Oh, is though it might be his campaign site, but look at a site like um is it called You Must Remember Z- You Must Remember This? Oh yeah. So it's a podcast I like a lot. And uh it's you must remember this podcast dot com. We can put it in notes. But like I like, I'm pretty sure that is a uh a Squarespace site. I'm going to feel bad if it's not. I'm going to look um, I'm
1: going to look. Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, so cool. it is. So cool.
0: And you know, that looks
1: nothing like the other sites that we she's mentioned. A,
0: but she's a she's a podcaster. She and her team are probably not like big design people, who knows. I maybe she is, but I mean like, you know, you hand it over to somebody else. Like you said, I mean if you if you aren't a web person, it's a no-brainer. If you want to help out somebody who's not a web person, there's nobody that this can't be for. Uh, Even if it's not your primary business website, there's a need for this out there somewhere. Like You've got to look at this. You must remember this. (laughs) Look at Elizabeth Taylor. My goodness. She's easy on the eyes.
1: Squarespace.com slash back to work is where you go to support this show. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code. It's your show. All one word. It's your show. And you'll get 10% off your first purchase. And remember, that first purchase could be your first purchase. It could be your client's first purchase. It could be your friends. So just keep that code handy. Share it with your friends. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Offer code. It's your show for 10% off your first purchase. Thanks very much to Squarespace for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Spare (laughs) Squares.
0: They're so good to us. Yes. Pretty people over there. Did mm. you hey, see a uh, little, little Ryan little left? Little Ryan left, I know. So there's so little, and he, he's leaving the nest. I, I wrote him, he wrote a nice note, and I wrote him a nice note, and I said, thank you. Not just for what you've done for us, but what you have done for podcasting as a thing. Little Ryan, I think, had a big impact. In, he really like, did. Making a podcast a thing that big companies would do regularly. I think he was the he and them and Mailchimp. I think we're like the canonical early sponsors of of this program in particular. And I just want to say to little Ryan, uh, wherever you are out there, buddy, be careful. Don't skin a knee. And thank you for everything you've done for us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's my sentiments exactly.
0: Memories. <laughs> and what's your name, Dan? I haven't say out, say I haven't it. seen it. Dun 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 dun. You haven't listened to it at all, huh?
1: No. Is there a place you go to listen to
0: it? No. You you can't listen to it. It's it's on Broadway. Well, how did you hear it then? I heard, what's that, Alexander like Hamilton? A handy musical? cam? No, I don't know. What, I don't. I, you keep saying the word "handy cam." Is that like you Are you getting like? Is Sony paying you for that? Why do you keep saying "handy"? No, cam? you know what? A,
1: a hand. You remember that? That's a sort of a generic term. Handy. Cam. Okay.
0: Okay, and that's a way of listening to to, to musical well, theater. What, here's what people do. They mm-hmm.
1: go. They sneak a handy cam. Under their jacket or whatever, into the theater or wherever, so they can
0: listen to music while they're in. There.
1: No, no, they they okay. they film oh, the I thing see. that's going on, and if they're in China and they have a very steady hand, yeah, then they then release that onto the torrents or
0: whatever. Uh, I see, and that's... I I don't know how you watch. I don't know if that like would make it. that the primary way because they they do have it on Apple Music, but oh, really? You, you could do that. You know. it's an iTunes. Yeah, um, yeah. The, Are you listening
1: about, uh, to it or watching it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Apple Music has all kinds of music. That's why they call it Apple Music. Hamilton. Yeah. No, I don't think you know what? Actually, I just assume you didn't. I don't think you've earned it. I don't I don't like your attitude about this. It's uh one of the great musicals. It's I searched very for
1: Hamilton and it's a showing results for Hamilton, The do, Godfather do, 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 do. Part Three.
0: Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Put Alice on ha- in Wonderland, Cinderella, yes. Nomeo, like and Juliet. I, sure. Put that put that on your handy cam. Oh, here's here's
1: good. one albums. Yeah. Hamilton original Broadway cast music. Recording.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.